I was just singing a song about my dog. I know you're shocked. Shocked. <laughs> I missed it. All right, Julia, what's up, first of all? And are you ready to get weird? I am so fucking ready. You don't even know. Let's do so, it. So, yes. So excited. So excited. So excited. So, guys, guys, guys. One, let me apologize briefly uh, for this being a touch late. Um, personal life stuff got in the way, and I had to, we had to push back the recording. We'll try to be a bit more prompt, I think, in the future. But, you know, Ashley and I have lives and 40-hour week jobs, and so things happen. Anyway, and then two, uh, I have never been more excited for anything in my entire life, so this might get <laughs> real weird. That's funny because I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. I think, so, you know, Julie's excited because she's been like a longtime fan of the video game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know diddly fucking squat. I don't know anything about this show. So I'm going in as like the ignorant novice. And um, I think it'll be a lot of a lot of fun that way. Yes. Okay, so I am leading us down this path this way, whereas in Ted Lasso seasons, it was Miss Ashley. Yeah. So 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 let me give you some background as to the game. And um, when I played it. So the game actually is this is part one of a two part game. The first um game came out in 2013 on PlayStation 3. It was very much so ahead of its time. Not just in plot, but graphically. It was considered to have very excellent gameplay. And in addition, everything is acted. So the scenes you see in the in the episode tonight, including I think one of the centerpiece scenes in the show, happen. And they are acted. And they're acted Every inch as well as you see in the show. Differently. But they are acted every inch as well. And it's done with motion capture and face capture. And this is this was PlayStation 3 pushed to its limits. So you could like you could see facial expressions in these graphics. Yeah. I definitely couldn't play that video game. Because oh. I think I told you before, I can watch like scary shit or like violent shit. But if I play it as a character in a video game, I get legit scared. Like I can't have the lights out. I need other people in the room with me. Like I I had a hard time earlier in the game. So the game is is broken down into four seasons. Summer, fall, winter, and spring. And it follows as you travel with Ellie across the country. And so there is an episode in spring that we'll come to it, but I don't want to speak to it. No spoilers. That 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 one that one was was a big one. I'm not going to say a goddamn thing. It's going to be very hard for me. I know. <laughs> um, so um, I played it multiple times. I've probably played... I'm currently replaying the game. I've played it on PlayStation 3, 4, and 5. Wow. Uh, when they do part 2, uh, if they do part 2, assuming they do part 2, um, I suspect will actually be two seasons, it is a much harder game to play. And I don't mean phys- I don't mean like it is like difficult, like the mechanism of it. It is uh, hard. It's like heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching. It's yeah. heart-wrenching. I can already tell that the show is going to, like, take me through it. Uh, it and is. And in a, in a video game, I would absolutely not survive it. I'd just be on my couch crying, probably. <laughs> oh, Ashley, it only ever gets worse. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make me – I mean, I don't know. I love it. I love it. So so this is something I think I, I, we discussed previously I, when in one of my rants and when we were talking about Ted Lasso, pacing is is the key to the video game the pacing of the game is superb and and by that i mean it weaves in these wonderful moments these like truly touching moments wondrous moments of love and light in the game 
it's it's one of those things where the darkness cannot exist without the light. Yeah. And so because they are all so perfect, like each one hurts more because you know you know it's balanced. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And yeah, I'm not ready for it. Like I can already tell from episode one that I mean, because they have all the elements that I love. They had one. I mean, Pedro, just just Pedro <laughs> alone makes me feel things, you know, like all types of things. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but they have like the kind of like daddy daughter thing, you know, oh. like the single dad thing that always tears at your heart. I, I, can't, I can't wait for the absolute like trauma they're going to take me through. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this with you. So let's let's get into it. So we're going to start. The show starts, opens 1968. This is actually not part of the game. This segment in the past in 1968 is not part of the game. This is new to the show. It's two epidemiologists on a talk show discussing diseases. One of them is this guy sitting stick straight, looks like real stick in the mud, by the numbers kind of dude, says, we got to worry about a respiratory virus, which I think was a Ain't that the fucking truth. Yeah, I think that was a veiled reference to COVID. Yeah. And then this super cool smoking, he's always smoking, this guy, Scottish epidemiologist, is like, nope, you got to worry about fungus. Yep. And the only thing you really got to pick up from this thing is, is that it mentions two fungus, ergot and cordyceps. And what he tells, the story he tells about ants is, in fact, correct. Um, I don't know if they gives them, like, LSD in their brains, because I don't think L- ants got much going on in their brains. But it that's what it does. Cordyceps gets into your brain, and it takes you over. And you do the bidding of the fungus. You do the bidding of the fungus. In mm-hmm. ants, it's basically what happens is that it forces them to climb up really high so they can spore down onto their, onto their little their little nesty nest. Mm-hmm. Um, it infects multiple breeds of insect, and it infects spiders too. I do not do not um, tell you to Google that image of a cordyceps in infected tarantula. It will haunt your dreams. I think I've seen that before. It's actually apparently it's a delicacy. Like people eat it. Mm, okay, that worries me to my core. I know. <laughs> it's like we just got out of a pandemic, guys. Stop! Stop! Humans, stop! You know, just sit in one place, eat clean vegetables. There's very few, there's not, I don't think there's a ton of diseases, like contagious diseases that spread by eating. Like, like by you eat something bad and then you can spread it to someone else. But we don't, we don't know, man. <laughs> we don't, we don't know. <laughs> there's so much shit that's out there. I'm just like, just humans, chill. Yeah. Stop being so, so curious all the time. So the doctor goes on, like the two doctors on the show argue, they mention like, hey, like, yeah, funguses can't really survive in higher than 93 degrees Celsius, or degrees Fahrenheit. But what if something changes that forces them to evolve? Failed reference to global warming. Global warming yeah. And then as he's kind of, the, the doctor is kind of going to, towards his end spiel about how humans don't have any defense against this. You get this weird, like, tight in on his face, push up of the audience, kind of like looking kind of zombified already, kind of blank. And then- I fucking love that. Yeah, basically the Scottish doctor runs through the outbreak. Basically, like we have no, we have no defense against this. If it happens, it will be and it be endgame shit. Right. Boom! Cut to black. The music. What did you think about the music? I was paying attention to it. It didn't really strike me, but it felt like really? something that would grow on me. Yeah. So that's music from the game. I figured. 
I figured like watching it, I was like, I'm sure other people know this and are freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Losing their mind. So if you actually watched the, um, did you watch any of the trailers for it? I watched a couple. Yeah. You know, they play that, like, they do that thing where they get a song, uh, like a popular song, upbeat song, and they play it slowed down over the credits that take Yeah, I love that. So, um, that is a direct reference to something that happens in the second game. So, people lost their fucking minds. (laughs) The people who are doing this are serious, and it shows. So. Yeah. So they, I know what it's like to love something and then have it be made into a different format and it lets you down. Yeah. So it's really dope that like the video game nerds are liking this so far. Oh, like it, it was like I went on the internet. There's some criticisms mostly. It was racist. Um but what um was the racist stuff? Uh Sarah is white in the games, so is Joel. Oh, they were mad. Oh, okay, yeah, good. They were they're they're big good. mad. Most people Virtual loved high five, it. racist yeah. being mad. All right. <laughs> Most people loved it. Most people thought she was great. I thought she was pretty. She was very well. She's um, I can't say her mother's name. Uh, the woman who plays Maeve in Westworld. That's her daughter. That's her daughter. I thought she looked like Tandy Newton. Tandiwe. She. Tandiwe. She, yeah. yeah. She went back to her original name. Uh, she's doing like a whole like Black Renaissance Africa thing. Well, I think I I think I read from her that she said like somebody said it wrong and she never corrected them and she was like, well, oh. That figure is Hollywood, you know? Yeah, she was like, well, shit. But yeah, that and girl, she's like the spitting image of Tandy. So. Yeah, I like, it was one of those things where like, I know this face, I can't place it, what is happening? Right. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> anyway. So, the the show jumps to 2003, we open in Sarah's room. It is clear from the get-go, Sarah is in charge. Sarah's in charge of the house, she makes, she makes breakfast, she has a bit of a banter back and forth with her dad, she notes they don't have any pancake mix. And it is September 26th, Joel is 36, it is his birthday. So I have some questions about this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything. One, Joel is a fucking mess, first of all, but he clearly works hard, you know, in construction or yeah. something like that, so like, cool, okay, I'm with you, Joel. Um, where the fuck is her black mama? Like, did she die? Like, what's what's the backstory? We don't, we have no, that is, that is it. Like, you, there is no backstory. Okay. You just know, that's, that's all you see. The mother is never mentioned, it's never mentioned anywhere in the game. Okay. So, so basically, this is a guy that has already suffered one loss before shit even gets started. Yeah, likely either the person is dead or it would, like, we know that it, basically something bad has happened that's left him in primary custody of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is unusual. Because if dads have yeah kids, it's like something bad happened. <laughs> but the mother is not there. Yeah, usually. Society, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that dads can't do it on their own. That's that's not what I'm saying here. It's just usually like the mom is, even in divorce, the mom is involved. Or at least referenced. She is not at all referenced. Sarah never met, mentions her in the game. Okay. Um, We learn that Joel is 36. I believe this is a touch older than the game's. Okay, so they aged him up, maybe for... They aged him up a little bit. To cast Pedro, maybe? Yes. Um. So there's also a slight difference in... So the only criticism I've ever seen of that's not racist of Pedro Pascal in this one is, is that he is not physically large enough to play Joel. In the games, Joel is a big guy. He's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and it's clear, like, in heat... And he is clearly larger than a lot of a lot of other folks in the game. How big is Pedro? I think he's like six foot. He's not a small dude. He comes off as like I think he put on some some weight to 
to play Joel. Well, you know, he's been thick lately anyway. But what did he Good call himself? Him. Somebody on the internet got him to call himself our cool slutty daddy. <laughs> did you see that? I did not see that, but I love um, it. Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up. I am your cool slutty daddy. <laughs> there it is. Yep. I am your cool slutty daddy. <laughs> Good for him. Yep. So yeah, the internet is already thirsting after uh, Mr. Ugh. Pedro here. They might they might reconsider that as this goes on. Anyway, Tommy runs in. They're clearly late. They're working on a job. Um, news is in the background about rec- um, about unrest in Jakarta. Neither of these ding dongs know where Jakarta is. I thought that they're was just weird. like somewhere in. A- I mean, it's two thousand and three in Texas. You really think the education system did them any favors? Probably not. <laughs> I was partially educated in texas man so but anyway i just thought yeah they're probably just like you know not paying attention like most people right this is this is george bush's texas <laughs> um then the scene kind of jumps a little bit we see her run upstairs sneak into joel's room and steal a watch and money in the front yard she runs into her neighbors the adlers it looks like the they're elderly but that looks like the husband of the of the couple is feeding his elderly mother biscuits so we follow Sarah through a day of school. There's a kid twitching in class. Is it normal fidget fidgets or is it the beginnings of an infection? Unknown. I noticed that shit. But yeah. I didn't notice it until after we saw the neighbor lady twitching. And then I was like, oh, this means something. We see after school, Sarah takes the bus downtown to get the watch fixed. We find out why she stole the watch and the money. The daughter, I, it's either the daughter or the wife. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Yells at them and I believe Arabic. Yo. That lady was fucking with it, right? We don't hear what she says. She's clearly agitated. It's one of those things where it could be easily, hindsight being 2020, she's with it. But I like that it's kind of treated kind of ambivalently in tone. Yeah. And like, you don't know what it is. Does she know something that we don't know? Yeah. It adds to this growing sense of dread. Let me, can I offer a theory about how she knew what was up? Go ahead. Okay, so they show that, and I don't know what language they were speaking, and they didn't I give us a translation. They didn't give us a translation in um, the caption either, but it's it was some Middle Eastern language, right? That's mm-hmm. spoken predominantly in the Middle East, which is much closer than we are to Indonesia and Jakarta. So if there's mm-hmm. something that's happening in that part of the world, maybe she had people over there who fucking knew and gave them a heads up. Could be could be so i love that little kind of like oh shit like what's she knows some shit yes she's she's with it so she's spooked so we see her come home she goes to the adlers the adlers know to note that she is late so they bake they make raisin cookies again sarah doesn't eat them um and she goes to borrow a dvd um you know from the neighbor and we see grandma doing this weird freak out in the background, opening her mouth, closing it, kind of twisting, kind of turning. And we see the dog react to her. Dog knows what's up. You always trust an animal. Always Always trust trust an animal. Yep. They can smell it. They can sense it. Sarah basically finishes up. That's actually like one of my game plans. Like if I see ever see a whole bunch of rats running in a direction, I am following them rats. Rats know what's fucking up. The Walking Dead taught us that. I mean, a lot of uh, scary movies te- taught you that. Yep. Uh, it happens in the game, too. You, there's a level where you encounter something, and then all of a sudden a, a whole bunch of rats run at you, and you're like, mother yeah. Just 
run the direction of the rats. That's right. You can't. I think Bear Grylls says that. It's good. It's <laughs> like good life survival advice. tips. <laughs> it's a life. Like they know what's up. They can smell and see and like hear better than we can. Like animals know what's up. If you see a whole bunch of animals hightailing it in one direction, you just fucking follow them. Right. Something bad is in that direction. Or there's a lot of food to where they're going. Win-win either way. Either way, they know how to survive in the wild, right? Yeah. Unlike us. We've gotten fat and comfortable. So Sarah leaves. She notes fighter planes going overhead. This is uh, Julia's weirdo corner. I grew up next to a military, um, to a naval air base. This would not have phased me in the slightest. I was like, oh, cool. They're just doing their low flying. Like, it literally took me a second to be like, oh, no, no, dum-dum. This is another clue. You would have been like, do-do-do. Anyway, on my way to the store. (laughs) Yeah, we had had, um, airplanes occasionally fly so low they cracked windows and knocked stuff off shelves. Like, this would not have. Like I would have, just, like I would have been like, oh, they're flying. They're doing low flying exercises today. That would have been the beginning and end of it for me. I would have been like, okay, fine, whatever. So Joel gets home late and he forgets the cake. This next scene, following scene of them on the sofa, is lifted almost entirely from the game. So can she I? Gives it, can I pause what? something here? Sure. So you say he forgot the cake before, but because he it was his birthday and he's not mm-hmm. celebrating. Do we have any character insights on why he doesn't celebrate his birthday? That is never explained. It's or is obvious. it just like he's an overwhelmed, like he's hardworking, blue-collar dad? Yeah. Blue-collar dad. Like, he runs construction, obviously. Like, his, he's working with his brother, who's obviously a touch unreliable. And Joel was worried about that shmoney, too, because he was like, well, I'm not going to get behind parent. on schedule. Yeah. Like, I want all of yeah. my funds. So if we have to pull a double today, let's do it. So, okay, he's just overworked, basically. He's overworked, and he's a single parent. Like, he needs to provide for Sarah. Like, you see their house. It's nice. Like, it's nice, and he works blue-collar. Like, so he is working hard. That's right. Hard-working man. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, And he forgets the cake. So the following scene of the exchange of the gift, of the watch, is lifted almost entirely from the game. I fucking love the, that. Especially the, I sell, I sell drugs, I sell hardcore drugs. Mm-hmm. That is that is Sarah. In the game, she has a bit more of a, she has a Texas straw. Oh, is that your Texas accent? I'm doing my best, man. I grew up in, I grew up in the Northeast. You can, I hear, to... can I hear that again? Wait, hold on. I sell drugs. I sell hardcore drugs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm doing my best. My notes in this just say cute, cute, cute. <laughs> um, the movie they're watching is Curtis and Viper. Um, this is a reference to something that happens in part two. Okay. Um, is that a real movie or is it in the game? Universe? No, it's in the game. Okay. In the game universe. Like this is like, so the shirt Sarah wears is a band shirt and that is, that is lifted directly from the game. Her room is more or less lifted directly from the game. Um, if you look around in her room, like if you, pa- like people paused it, I am obsessed. The, there is a, there is a card she forgets to give her father that is in her room. Like these people loved this game. Oh, so they got um, Easter eggs and shit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, the shirt she's wearing is what Sarah's wearing in the game. They watch the movie. Sarah falls asleep. Joel gets a call from Tommy that he's in jail. There's been some sort of, like, some guy lost his mind and attacked the waitress. Tommy put him down. The police. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. I can already so- tell that Tommy's going to be a screw up. Hold your judgment. On yeah, okay. Um, Joel goes out to get Tommy at 11.03 p.m. And then it picks back up. Sarah wakes up to kind of explosions in the distance. 
at 2.16 a.m. She's woken up by helicopters overhead. This is roughly how the game starts. Is you have this cute exchange with Joel, your dad. You go, you fall asleep. You fall asleep um, and wake up in your bed. Joel has put you in your bed and you go to find him. So Joel isn't in the house. There's emergency signal on the TV. Like Sarah, like goes downstairs. Mercy is freaked out. The dog, the dog from next door is freaked out. Um, Sarah grabs her, goes to return her to the Adlers. The front door is open, which is always bad. If a front door is open in the middle of the night, you take a step back and you call the fucking police. Okay, absolutely. But let me tell you, I was so pissed off, one, at the dog for coming over and getting Sarah. And then when she goes over to investigate what Lassie wanted her to do, Lassie runs the other way. Lassie didn't want her to investigate. Lassie was, no, Lassie was like... (laughs) Bitch, you need to wake up. I like you. Let's run. Oh, Let's he, was, fucking he was like, let's go. go. Okay. <laughs> that makes yeah. way more sense because I was so pissed off. I was like, dog, no, no, you're no. not being a helpful dog right now. Yeah. Mercy does not. She fights her when he tries to bring her back. He fights her. And so Mercy is like, let's go, motherfucker. And he runs off. Okay. I like to believe he survived because I have a dog and I love him very much. Um, long mercy. Yeah. But then I was pissed off that she went inside. But I had to remember, like, she's a kid. Well, I mean, she doesn't know. She's, I don't know how old she is in this, but she's roughly 12 in the game. So this doesn't, and also this doesn't happen in the game. It's all contained in the house. Um, So basically she comes into the house. She slips on blood on the floor. She sees Mr. Adler kind of holding this gaping wound at his neck. And she sees Mrs. Adler pinched to the floor by the grandma. And the grandma opens up, like rears up and has these weird fucking things coming out of her mouth. And it's weird and I hate it. Um, Bang, so, that was so you nasty. know, that is not, that's a new addition. The tendrils in the mouth, that was new so addition, nasty. not in oh the game. God. They just chomp, 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 chomp you. Um, and they eat you in the game. So what like, what the you, hell took so, Sarah so long? Cause she saw the old lady with the shit coming out of her mouth and she was just standing there looking like what took her so long freeze. to run away. Some people freeze. Oh my God. I think if it was I a saw shock. a lady with fucking like tentacles coming out of her mouth. Well, I think I think the problem is is that like one, it's kind of shocking that this woman is even moving because like we've the all we've seen of her is her being catatonic. Right. She basically is like some advanced dementia or some sort of ataxia, something. She's not right, and she came alive like the awakenings. Yeah, she did. And I just want to clarify here: the infected are not dead, so they're not necessarily zombies. They're not dead. Um, it will not. T- you do not have to kill them with a shot to the head, right? Like they're well, the they're still said that the fungus keeps them alive and prevents them from decaying. Yes and no. In the game, it the the infection. If they can't eat, the infection will like they'll they'll starve. So they hunt. So like um, it's a little bit different than we've seen in the movie. In the game, they will also try to eat you. So like you have to survive the encounter to be infected. Oftentimes, you just don't. Um, so basically, Sarah runs out. Joel and Tom- Tommy come in. Like, they've clearly seen shit is popped off. And Mrs. Adler runs out after her in this very discoordinated way. She, like, tumbles as she comes out of the door. And Joel fucking brains her with a wrench. Exactly, Joel. Thank She's you, Joel. G- but recall Sarah's reaction. Sarah's crying. She doesn't understand why her dad has just killed a man in front of her. And Joel is mortified to have done this. Joel's like, there's a creepy old lady coming towards us. 
The bitch didn't used to move. Now she's moving. He's already seen shit pop off at the prison. Like things pop off at prisons first. You know, if the world's going down, prisons go down first. Like prisons, hospitals, anywhere where there's people congregated where they can't mm-hmm. necessarily help being there. Well, it starts in the cities. Yeah. It starts in the cities. Um, so, and I just want to say what this, as the game goes on and, and as the show goes on, Joel has one great skill in life. Being it about that violence. action? It is violence. Hell yeah. Like, even in even in this post-apocalyptic world, his gift for violence is noted. He is good at it. Fuck yeah, Joel. And this is something that, this is like, it, it is implied that this is something that serves him well in this post-apocalyptic world. But it was something that was always there. Like, you see it immediately come to yeah. the surface. So they hop in the truck. Um, they're trying to get out. They're trying to get to the highway. The military is blocking it off as they're going through and trying to get to the highway. You see they drive past a neighbor's farm that is in flames. And they drive past a family that needs their help. And they just drive. Because Joel's number one, to, even now, is Sarah needs to be protected at all costs. I cannot stop. We cannot stop this car. They almost get hit by a car as they're driving through. Fun fact, in the game, the car does hit them. That's how the game, that's how they uh, come to a stop. Okay. That's how the crash happens. In the show, a plane gets them. That series of shots. Well, the planes coming down, you realize they're grounding like all the going planes immediately. Past the theater, all those people coming out, getting pinned in mm-hmm. from the front, getting pinned in from the back, and then that plane coming down. That was yep. some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in terms of like direction and like, you know, plotting out like how everything is happening physically on that street. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, it's very much the we you don't have the plane in the game because I don't think they had the money for it. But um uh, like you get hit by that car, like you're driving, but like the same thing happens. People start pouring out, like buses are crashing, like you're penned in by people. It's the same feeling. It's this frantic feeling. And in yeah. the game, like it hasn't quite, it has not really shifted from you to from Sarah to Joel yet perspective. So you're you're in the back seat of this car watching it happen. So it, which makes it scarier. You're a little girl. So something that I really loved about this, um, one, they got into the action like super quick within the episode, but then two, the way that Joel was just like, and this goes to what you were saying about him having safety as their priority. He was like, Mm -hmm. fuck everybody else. Like kill the old lady with a wrench, run over these people, Tommy. If they're in the back of us, back over them. (laughs) Like he was, he didn't care. He was just like, you know, leave the people on the side of the road. So I like that about Joel. Like, I like Joel as a man of action. Now, I'm not convinced that he's always thinking everything through, you know, all the way. But I like the action. I like that he's, like, about it. Let's get it. And fuck those people. (laughs) So in this scene, it is they need to get out. Whatever it is, they need to get to the highway. And once they get to the highway, they can escape. Um, They survive. But um, Sarah can't walk. She She can't walk. So Joel picks her up. She breaks her ankle, right? I. It's implied it's broken. It's not really known. It looks nasty. It doesn't really matter. She's not going to be using it for long. Poor baby. Yeah. So they get separated from Tommy when they're kind of going into a side alley and a police car crashes into them and promptly catches on fire. They move. They're cutting through this restaurant or this diner and they get spotted. They get spotted by infected who 
comes at them with a recklessness that made me worry for the stuntman. So what did you think with your first, this is kind of our first full on infected chase. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was super scary. I thought it was nasty. Yeah. By this point, I was already at the edge of my seat. So yeah. So these infected are called runners in this game. I don't know. You'll probably in this series, you'll probably see four categories of infected. These guys are called runners, the newly turned. Okay. Um, and they do as as described, run at you. Um, and they just run at you. And I want to see if they pick this up in the show as well. The runners sob sometimes when they run after you. They don't just scream like that guy did. They sometimes they sob, and that makes it worse. It makes it so much worse. At that stage, are they still somewhat conscious as regular Unknown. people? You never okay. know. You never. It's a it's a repeated question. But there's something there, maybe if they sob, maybe, and they kind of mumble to themselves. They kind of like if you come up like in the game, and that's this is actually um, we can kind of talk about it now. One of the things I think the show is going to have a bit of a hard time with. There is a overwhelming aura of sorrow to this game. It is ever present, and it's because it's it's one of the f- the functions i guess of the gameplay is because you will move through you move through people's houses you find notes left sometimes the game just sets up the room you enter in and it's clear um like people were killed in their homes sometimes you come across people who've clearly killed themselves rather than than deal with it and like you find notes left behind written on the walls sometimes um, sometimes you find like handwritten notes. And so it's just this overwhelming sense of because the game is kind of dressed, the set dressing is so good. You get this, like, it gives a sense of people used to live here and they yeah. don't anymore. You know what it kind of reminds me of is Why the Last Man? Like, with that whole thing of like the writing on the walls and, um, you know, like notes being left behind with people trying to find each other and looking for their, their lost loved ones. There's also motifs of that in uh, Walking Dead. And Ellie doesn't know what anything is. She doesn't understand. Like, she's, she has, she was born post-infection, post-outbreak. She has no concept of history. She doesn't know. She doesn't understand anything about the American Revolution or history. Like, it's all, all, basically, and it gives you the sense of, oh, all of human history is gone now. There is only this. Everything is lost. Everything. So it's like really, like really, really sad. Like, and it the game kind of lets you kind of like live in that for a second because it's mm. not just like it's not just the loss of life, which I understand. There's there's humans created all of this, but our history is gone. Society's gone. Every yes, society is gone then the vestiges that remain can't preserve it. Something that I loved about this first episode, Mm -hmm. immediately, within like two hours of seeing Joel leave the house, he left the house around midnight to the point where we see Sarah wake up in her bedroom around like 2 a.m., everything goes to shit immediately. And by the time that they're out on the street, planes are crashing, they're stampedes, like society has broken down very quickly. So I like that, you know, how they're setting that out as opposed to how some like post-apocalyptic zombie stories, 
it takes a little while for shit to break down. This happens within a couple hours. Let's 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 return to that because I have some theories. That's this is one of the few things where I'm going to kind of put forward my predictions um, in the end around that. Um, so Sarah is shot fatally. Um, she dies in his arms. He begs her not to go. It is rough. And that is the beginning of the game. And then the game just, boom, jumps ahead 20 years. So does the show. Yeah. It's like both the child actors in this and that one, they make this like wounded animal noise that like, I, it's still like, again, I've seen this, I've watched the show twice now. um, And I've, again, played it about five times. It's still, I still don't like it. Still don't like it. And they set us up because they basically, they make Sarah the main character. They make us fall in love with her and see the world through her eyes, you know, for the first maybe 20 minutes of the show or something. And then they just take her from us. It's very like Game of Thrones of them to do that, (laughs) to take the main character so early. And I didn't know what happened. So when he shot at them, like basically by the way that he was talking and how hesitant he was answering that radio and stuff like that, I knew that he was going to shoot him. I knew some bullshit was about to happen. But when he shot and they fall, Joel falls in one direction. Sarah falls ahead of him somewhere. And so you don't see her. You don't. And so you're just looking and you're like, okay, one, thank God that Tommy came out of no fucking where to like shoot this guy, the, the soldier guy. But then I'm just like praying and like hoping against all hope that the baby isn't wounded she isn't scratched nothing you know because we're already dealing with the broken ankle and then when he gets up and realizes that he has a flesh wound but he was holding his daughter in front of him Mm -hmm. and so you realize before you even see it yes that she's fucked up yeah because she would have taken the brunt of the of the shots yep and by the time that you see her and it's (laughs) It's like, I didn't even, I don't even know, like I said, I hadn't known anything about these characters except for like 20, 30 minutes into the show, whatever it is. And I'm looking at this girl and I'm looking at Pedro cradling her, basically like taking me with her. You could see everything yes. in him leave. You can see it. When he's holding this girl and knowing that she's gone. And um, yeah, it was, it was hard, man. And I need, I need to tell you, it is every inch is heartbreaking in the game. And again, this is all, it's all done motion captured. It's all done um, in the game. He's played by an actor called Troy Baker. You'll see him later in the series. Uh, he pops up in a minor role. Are they, are they casting these dudes to be like fine on purpose? <laughs> like, are they what casting, are they casting cool slutty daddies on purpose for Joel? Like, is that part of the character uh, makeup no. that he has to be fine? Because no. they're doing a great job. <laughs> they're doing a wonderful job. I mean, no, no, but like it's video game. It's an it's an actor thing. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Troy will show up later in the show as a different character, and uh, Ashley Johnson will show up later in the show. But they can't reprise their roles because, well, Ashley Johnson's like forty years old. So um. <laughs> but anyway, one of the things he calls her is he holds her dying as baby girl. This will be important in, like, six episodes. Heads up on that one. Um, So we get a 20-year jump. This part I like. So this part is not in the game. This this bit with the little kid who comes in, limps to the gates. 
of the QZ, you don't ever get a um, good view of what the quarantine zone is or how big it is or like that kind of stuff. So this is actually really cool. So you see like they you see the kid limp up and you see you get a good view of the quarantine zone. Right. In Boston, all hidden behind the wall. And it's kind of all leveled and flat around it. And there's gates. And the kid limps up to the gate. He gets evaluated for infected. He is infected and he is euthanized. And we are reintroduced to Joel casually tossing his body into the burn pit. Because they have to burn the infected. Basically, they're doing the job for these ration cards. This is There's some things I really like that are attention to detail. The ration cards are clearly being reused. Um, they're old. They're bent. You know, you watch the next ones are like shots of the city. You watch them kind of moving around. This I liked um, because in the game, you don't really get a sense of the size or how many people have survived. So you get like, it's still a relatively sizable chunk of people. You know, he walks around. He settles on a public execution where he runs into a soldier who he sells um, pills to. Because Joel is now a smuggler. That's what Joel does. Joel sells him drugs. Joel's a drug dealer. <laughs> he's 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 a uh, moving weight. Yeah, but he's a, he's a smuggler. Like so that that's important. It's important in the game and in the show that um, he knows his way in and out of Boston and moves in in and around the area. Did you notice? Uh, what did you notice about the soldier's costuming? Nothing. He's bullet. He has. He's bullet holes in his cap. So they're reusing the uniform? Yep. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, there's no manufacturing, I would assume. Yeah, or it's very limited. Yeah. What is important here is he mentions a Q- another QZ zone in Atlanta. There are others. Um, there are other pockets of civilization. It mentions that there's clearly a large one in Atlanta because they have factories down there. And at the end of this, uh, the, the, the Fedra soldier says... Hey, stay off the streets tonight. Shit's gonna get weird out there, basically. Yeah. And I, my notes just say foreshadowing alert. So, what does FEDRA stand for? Yeah, Federal Disaster Response Agency. Yeah, it's FEMA. Okay. They just couldn't. They couldn't call it uh, FEMA. That shit sounds ominous, though. And I know that you know. It's the thing that they always do with government, where you know society falls apart, and government can both help and play a good role or become these like oppressors right so the fact that the name is fedra it, it sounds like it could be a real u.s agency but it also sounds like hydra you know yeah I mean? it was it was it was a good choice so I they're telling you choice. like hey don't trust these guys the next scene we see is robert and tess so robert's that little weasley looking motherfucker and we see tess so Robert is afraid of Tess in this scene. Is what you need to take away. They're clearly Robert has clearly fucked up some kind of deal with Tess. Then we come to Ellie, who is going by Veronica at the moment, and she's chained to a wall. She's asked to count one, two, three, four, five, and she she is as mad as a wet cat. Um, she is pissed. I love her immediately. Even though she's chained up to a radiator, it's like, come at me, bro, right? Like, <laughs> she thinks she's going to do something all, like, her entire Her entire attitude is, come at me, bro. Yeah, I fuck with her. But you know what? Something that I, I wrote down in my notes was, um, you know, of, of course, we have, like, two Game of Thrones alums uh-huh. here, right? So, I don't think or- they ever interact in the show, though. 
They don't. I don't. Not that I recall. But so we have uh, Pedro, who is Overland Martell. But then we have Bella Ramsey, who uh-huh. is little little Lady Mormont. And let me tell you, even though she's putting on an um, American accent, yeah, in this episode, and she's older, I still felt every bit of little Lady Mormont because little Lady Mormont oh, yeah. was about the smoke too. She was like, I might be small. You might get me in the end, but I promise you, I will fuck you up in the process. Yeah. So I loved it. I loved meeting Ellie. She's the best. So we cut back to Joel now. Um, he's checking in with Radio Man. We kind of find out in this why Joel needs a truck and why, why Joel needs a car battery. Because he needs to go get Tommy. He asks the Radio Man to show him where the tower is. It is in Wyoming somewhere. And the radio guy is like, shit's bad out there, man. Uh, he gets cut up, so he goes, there are slavers, there are raiders. And this is the slightest bit of foreshadowing. What do you think? Wait, I want to ask you, what do you think the third thing is he was going to mention? Um, I don't know, probably rapists, because when the world mm-hmm. ends, isn't that what happens? Door nope. and rape. That's not what he's going to mention. He's a man. You think he fucking cares about rape? He should. <laughs> he should. Do you think he realistically cares? A in war, dudes get raped too. I mean, I know, I know. I'm not. I'm not on your block in your neighbor's house. Like it happens. But anyway, what was he gonna say? Cannibals. Oh shit. All right. No, I didn't even notice that he was cut off in at the end of that sentence. Yeah, Joel so. cuts him off. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Joel goes back to his apartment. Basically, angrily drinks himself to sleep whilst planning his route across, across Boy, the country. Boy, he went through a whole bottle. Or, God yeah, damn. he is. Joel has problems. And we see he still has the watch that Sarah gave him. Yeah. And we see he has nightmares. So, um, Tess comes in at home. We see they live together. Or at least it appears they live together. She crawls into bed with Joel. Um, and then it go, cuts to the next morning. <laughs> What? I know this is a stupid reaction, but I was just like, well, who, one, who is this bitch? Like, one, I couldn't tell if he was actually awake or if he was dreaming and re- reminiscing about his old wife. It was kind of murky to me, especially because he had been drinking. But then once I realized that it was like an actual woman, like a new woman that's in the present day, like post, um, like 20 years post, then I was like, who is this bitch crawling in the bed with my man? <laughs> like, I was upset about it. It's Tess. Even though I like that actress a lot. She's great. This is a different Joel than the games. Immediately, you can tell. Because she um, she kind of talks him down. She says, hey, like, we're going to figure this out. Take a breath. You can't stomp out. You're going to have you're going to have Robert go to ground if you do that. If you do your Clint Eastwood nonsense. This Tess speaks to Joel like a child in this one. And you see Tess and you see... Um, Joel is very quick to anger and very volatile and needs to kind of be coddled and kept on a bit of a short leash. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. He's about that action, but I don't know if he thinks things all the way through without a counterweight. I like that pairing of them as, you know, he's kind of the loose cannon and she's a counterweight. And I'm curious about what relationship dynamic him and Ellie are going to have. Because I would think, just being completely ignorant that at some point Tess goes and then Ellie's going to become his counterweight. But evidence is telling me so far that Ellie's not going to be much of a, she's, she's about that shit too, you know? So then we, we, then we jump to our next uh, main character, Marlene. Um, she's, 
she's clearly in charge here. She's given some sort of dressing down. She's to this this woman, her second in charge, Kim, who is not getting with the goddamn plan, Kim. Yeah, and Kim was like, I don't know Kim if Kim does is not slow seem to understand or what. <laughs> Kim does not. I mean, I'll give her. I'll give her like in the second scene when she's a touch slow on the uptake because her ear got shot off. I'll give her some things here, but like her openly questioning people, like her leader, and like I get it, you're technically the resistance, you're the rebellion, but like you still need to follow orders, right? Right? So, yeah. Like, the thing that I just picked up with them was like Marlene, similar to Tess, she's a planner, she's smart, and she's a planner as well. And Kim was kind of acting as the the device to help show how smart she is with how she's yeah. like planning their escape west because they want to move ellie right and how she's like kind of emotionally smart and how she can like like she cares about her people she's willing to explain stuff to them blah 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 crap 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 yeah that actress is phenomenal too uh merle dandridge i love her marlene yeah this is where i reveal guess who played marlene in the game merle dandridge i, I knew that part yeah. yeah, so she's one of the only main cast that is reprising their role. The other ones are the clickers. I think she she shows up in the uh, the after show piece that HBO does. Yeah, she does. She and does. they talk she about um, you know her experience in the game versus her experience actually shooting it live action. I think she's gonna have a bit of a bigger part in the in this. Anyway, so Kim is not getting the plan. So. Marlene writes it out for they're leaving the QZ to take Ellie West. She hands Kim a piece of paper that we do not see and Kim like gets it. Finally. She gets her shit together. And it's like okay finally Marlene I'll stop being a ding dong. I will get my ear shut off later in the episode but that's because I'm a ding dong. Um anyway. So we cut now, we cut back to Marlene, and she is visiting Ellie. She gives her her bag back. Ellie pulls out her knife. The lady willingly gives her the bag back, right? So, yeah. you know, Marlene's trying to be nice to Ellie. And Ellie in- immediately pulls out that knife, right? So I just thought that showed a lot about Ellie's character, about how defensive she actually is in that moment. Logic would tell you that you're not under threat, but she still pulls it out anyway, just in case. Um, I know, I know exactly why she wants that knife. I know, you know. And it's killing me not to be able to tell you. But I'm saying, for other people, so like, think of it this way. There are going to be people that listen to this who have played the game and are just as knowledgeable about it as you are. There are also going to be people who are only watching it because it's an HBO show. I know. So anything that I have to say, fully within the four walls of the show. So if I'm just being introduced to Ellie... The thing that I notice about her is that she's defensive even amongst potential friends. And that's so interesting to me. All right. So anyway, Um, sorry. So Marlene has revealed she's known Ellie for quite some time. She's placed her in the the military school when she was a child. Um, She you you get a name check to a character called Riley, who I suspect we will be introduced to next episode. And you can see Ellie respond pretty negatively to that to that check which should imply uh what happened to riley then we cut back to tess and joel traveling through the they go down through the old subway they and they to come up underneath robert they run into an old infected in the tunnels which freaks tess out a little bit and joel makes fun of her touch the thing that i wanted to comment on was 
the practical effects and just how fucking cool it was. Like it looked, yeah. I know that it was gross. It's supposed to be this nasty, gross thing. This like, you know, person that's been infected and overtaken by this fungus and like embedded into a wall. But if you actually look at it, the Still colors, beautiful. the fact that it really does look like a real fungus. Like if you ever go out in the woods and you see like hint of the woods and like other mushrooms and shit just growing out of the ground and that bright orange that they have. And and the little like um the the mushroom shelves and shit like that it looks so goddamn cool. You're gonna love the clickers. So even though I wanted to look away, I was like, damn, just hold on that, you know, that clicker for like a moment so that I can see how cool it looks. You're gonna you're gonna come to understand my deep and abiding fear of clickers. And so they move on up. They climb through the walls. So they force open the door. Robert is dead on the other side because he tried to sell what was a bad battery to the fireflies. A dumbass. Robert was never smart. It's it's in, it's a, it's it's implied in the game that he's just like a little weasel man that you're like somehow keeps surviving until he doesn't. Kim and Marlene survive the attack. They are both injured, and then as they're kind of pointing guns at each other at the other end of the hall, Ellie attacks Joel, um, and he launches her into a wall. It's very apropos way for them to meet i think fedra is going to show up because of the, the amount of gunfire so they have to make a decision fast but in this conversation we learn that both tommy marlene joel and pess all have a history they all know each other which makes sense if you think about it you know joel and tess are smugglers they likely would have worked with fireflies and we know that Tommy has some affiliation to Marlene and likely the Fireflies because he says that Marlene turned Tommy against Joel. Right. Well, she got him into this shit, basically. Like, whatever he he's currently doing, you know, where he, like, Joel's going to find him, it's somehow Marlene's fault. I don't know that I would go that far, but I get the distinct impression that Joel and, and Tommy have had a breakdown, basically, in communication. Joel says Tommy checks in frequently. And it's been yeah. three weeks. Yeah. And that's why he's like freaked out and, and wanting to yeah, go get Yeah, that's him. why they're going. And this is where it's a bit different. Um, basically, they agree to take Ellie to the state house for guns. Um, instead of a car battery, that plot line does not exist in the in the game. I think it's actually a bit of a better, better of a change. Yeah, it provides motivation for the Joel character. So I can see that making sense. It does. So during the conversation, Marlene is like, you got to take her. You got to take her to the state house. I know you can get her there. I know what the ask is to get her there, implying that there is extreme danger between here and the state house. But I know what you're both capable of. Yeah, Ellie's like, wait a minute. Who are you sending me with? (laughs) I thought that was a little funny moment. They take Ellie back to their apartment and promptly slam the door on her and discuss plans. Why Ellie overhears, we get a name check of Bill and Frank. What she sees on that piece of paper in between the uh the billboard like 100 hits or whatever um top number ones or whatever is a note that says b slash f yeah so ellie figures out it's a smuggling code by looking at that but he does she doesn't know what the x means tess has to go figure out what route best route to take out of the city and while they do that joel naps joel's a real napper so he wakes up ellie is clearly afraid and is looking to Joel for reassurance, which he kind of gives. He's she's like, 
wait, how long, how many times have you been out? Like, how long has it been? But we're going to be okay, right? And he just kind of, yeah. She's very, very observant. In these scenes, she noticed that he mumbles. She noticed that his watch is broken. Mm -hmm. And she's able to break down and make sense of that code, you know? So she's so fucking quick. Yeah, she comes up with a plot to give the rest of the code, which is she mentions she understands it's a radio code. And that, like, the song that plays gives them the code. Yeah. Like, uh, was it, like, 60s, they don't have anything. 70s, they got new stuff. 80s is an X. And so she basically says, oh, the radio came on while you were asleep. And it was playing this 80s song. <laughs> and she sings Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, <laughs> which is very clever. Yeah. And she fully tricks him. And what does he say about the 80s? He basically says, like, if an 80s song's play, then it's bad. It's bad. He just we don't know shit. exactly what kind of bad it is. Yeah, yeah. It just says shit. It just says trouble. So, like, basically, he confirms that it's trouble. Like, whatever is happening, like, you're not... I think the implication is, is don't go out tonight. Yeah. Basically. It's going down outside. So, so Tess returns, and it's go time. They sneak outside of the QZ walls. They get caught. They get caught by the guy that Joel sold the pills to. Um, and he does, he's like, we're doing this by the book, blah, blah, blah. Tess and Joel try to bribe him. They immediately go to bribing him. Because as we've seen earlier in the episode, sneaking out of the QZ zone is execution. The soldier's kind of doing it by the books, doing it, like giving him a hard time, shaking him down. You see Tess test clean. You see Joel test clean. Before you see what happens to Ellie, she stabs him in the leg. Fuck yeah, Ellie. Now, yeah, she does. The soldier then points a gun at, at Ellie. Joel has a flashback and beats him to death. Ellie is outed as infected and they run. And then you hear the Depeche Mode song play. Yeah, it was Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again. Yeah, Never Let Me Down Again. It fits because it's about, well, the way that I took it, these three are now out on the road. Yeah. And so the lyrics of the Depeche Mode song really fit with like the mood. Yeah, and it's an 80s song. So trouble ahead. Right. And it pans back on top of one of the busted out buildings. You can see a clicker kind of roaring into the night. Well, that moment of their bonding was immediately effective for me because you could, and it was all in the, in the actor's faces. Like you could see the way that Pedro played it, that he was like, this is not going to happen again, not on my watch. And you could see it. Like they didn't have to show you a flashback. You could see it on him that he was thinking about Sarah and how all of that played out. This is a bit more explicit than it is in the game. And I kind of like it, but I also think they tip their hand a bit too far in this, which is, I don't think, I think all you needed was him in between her, you know, like him behind her, like him in between the guy with a gun and him protecting her. And, you all because like you said the acting is so superb like you just need to watch his face kind of fall the the other thing that i liked about bella ramsey's performance Mm -hmm. is um when she comes and watches yeah but you can see it on her face too they're both excellent face actors like the emotional connection on, on on his face and it informs you as to the motivation as to why he then beats a man to death for a girl mm-hmm. that he just met. But then on her face, you see where it's almost like game recognized game. Like she's looking at him like, oh, okay, so you're one of my kind. Like you're one of my people. We do this. We do violence. And um, I love the little after clip uh, thing that they did after the show where they explained that when she's observing him, she's recognizing 
somebody trying to protect her. His ability to commit violence rapidly and in and and for her is not something like Sarah was clearly afraid of that. Ellie is not. Right. But without even showing us her backstory, they're telling us by the way that she watches him that she has not had that before. Yes. Uh, so I, th- I just thought that's why it was so effective. So you get like the, the core motivations of these two people in this very small scene that is focused on violence, but you learn so much about the characters themselves. It was really good. It was. And so that kind of ends the episode. So we will go to our, what's the word that you use? I can't remember the word. Segments. Segments. We will go to our segments. Segments. Um, segments. Superlatives. That's the one you used. Oh, right, I right. I couldn't remember. So we've changed them up from our Ted Lasso days because, you know, the show is a touch more grim. So the first one is, we did the recap. Did you like it? Did you like the episode? I think the answer is yes, but I need you to hear you say it again because it is my favorite show and I love it so much. Uh, I fucking love this episode. This is right up my alley. Yes. Like single <sighs> dad, Pedro and Bella, heart-wrenching oh, I love shit, it. Oh, I love zombies. It so Let's go. Post-apocalyptic. There's like, like heroin in my veins to yeah. hear you say that. I have waited to share that because video games are not accessible to everyone. Like like you said, it would be too scary for you to play. And I, as much as that vexes me, um, there are tons of games that I will not play because I find them scary. Um, this is one of the ones that kind of overrode that, and I'm very glad it did. But one of the reasons why I'm so excited for this show is that I've been waiting to share this, and now I can. I can finally share this with other people. I'm That's so awesome. excited. Yes. It's like right. everybody and their so. mother's watching it too because they got like 10 million viewers over two days. Yeah, they got like 10 million views and like then they just got like roughly a trillion million more uh, people to download the game. Oh, nice. So because they, they did a full rebuild of the game in PlayStation 5. So it's now an entire like, – like the, the plot is the same. And like the plot beat, but like they did, a, they did, they redesigned all the levels, the enemies, like they re, they took apart and redid the combat. So it's like it's like a PlayStation Five game now. So Naughty Dog is making all the money in the world right now. Um, all right, so let's get to our superlatives. Our first section is going to be called "To the Edge of the Universe and Back." What did, what was your favorite moment in the show? Uh, it was Joel beating that guy. <laughs> Beating the the smuggler soldier and, like I said, the face acting and the, the emotion acting. that you saw on Joel's face and on um, Ellie's face. Yes. So was it both of them together or just him beating them? Like, was it him it's the beating whole him combination. and then looking back and being like... It's the whole scene. Okay. Yeah. So mine was um, a little bit different, actually. It was Tess talking Joel down because in that whole scene, because it... it it shows so much about their relationship that is still very similar to the game, but this is a much more volatile Joel. And so you're getting a much different Joel. And so that's kind of interesting. Like the heart and soul of Joel is still the same, but like that volatility does not really exist in the game. I don't know if it was in the writing maybe, or just upon the casting of Pedro, but I would imagine that, you know, once you're making an actual show, you kind of have to bend things to the the actor that's going to actually play it. And I kind of expected this. Like, I didn't know what to expect of, of Joel in the first place. But I did expect that you would have kind of an unhinged, 
you know, kind of action first thinking on the back burner type character because Pedro plays that so well. So if you think about like Oberlin Martell, very much action forward, you know, uh, didn't think things through all the way. So he has that. If I were casting Pedro in anything, I would draw from his strengths. And that's one of the things that I would draw from. Obviously, like he's still very emotionally locked down in that. But like the anger kind of rises and the PTSD is a little bit more prevalent in this Joel than you see in the games. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm very excited. So our next segment is called Endure and Survive, your least favorite moment. Do we even have to touch on it? Oh, yeah, we know what it is. We all know what it is. It's Sarah so dying, right? Yeah, yeah, same. So let's move on because I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Um, the next, our next segment is called When You're Lost in the Darkness, which is, what is, who's your least favorite character? This one was hard for me. I didn't really have a least favorite. I guess it would have to be Robert just because he was fucking stupid. He was. Like, what are you doing? You take a bad battery and you try to sell it to a dangerous two, woman and two, then yeah. you the fuck her. Most, yeah. And then you take it and try to sell a bad battery to terrorists. How fucking dumb are you? And what was his plan? Was he going to skip the QZ zone? Because you're locked behind a wall with all these dangerous people, even if the sale goes down. So yeah. I guess Robert for being dumb, even though I didn't know much else about him. Oh, uh, you're going to hate me for this one. I'm not going to explain it because it, I, I can't because it would tell you too much to explain it. It's going to be Marlene. It will always be. Except for that one time when it's not. Is that based on something she did in this episode? Nope. All right. I can't explain it. She will always. I have never, ever forgiven her. <laughs> like the, the, You, you want to spoil me so fucking bad. I and want you to know that so I don't bad. And I can't. Oh I can't. This is the problem. I can't. But you need to understand. Something happens. And I can't ever forgive her. <laughs> like. All right. Go ahead. And she doesn't necessarily do anything wrong. That's why. I like, liked her in this episode. Cause, like oh, she's I said, great. I like those characters of action. So she was about that action. Oh, I love her. She's looking after you our see girl her being, Ellie. Like, snappy. Oh, I love yeah. her. I love her. And there's a kindness to her, too. So even though she's yes. kind of like in this military general position. Mm-hmm. She's very kind to Ellie as well. So um, and she seems to know. Uh, this is what I love about this Marlene character. And maybe I'm going to be proven wrong and I'll make him 180 on this one day. You'll but I love that, like, if it was the apocalypse, that's who I would want to be. Like, yes. I would want to be the person that's, like, planning about the action that other people listen to. And, like, not because I think I have the best fucking ideas all the time, but just because I feel like other people get distracted. And I'm just like, let's do what needs to be done. What's the next thing? Okay. And you see that even though she's a rebel and she has her own objectives, that she also sees a bigger picture in that we need to protect Ellie because Ellie is the key to something. It, what is it? Human survival? You know, is it that she can be, you know, traded for something that will, will aid us well, in our rebellion? I don't know what it is yet because I just don't know. You don't know. But you can see that Marlene thinks at a bigger scale and i fuck with that i love it with that everything you said is 100 percent right and i love her for it in any other scenario i would love her for it you said something that and this is this is all i will say in the matter and then we'll move on i have been distracted um and so i can no longer like her wait you julia have, have been distracted i have been distracted 
I don't know what that means, but okay. You will understand. I'm being cryptic for a reason. Uh, When we get to, it's probably going to happen in episode eight or nine. And I will explain it to you then. Um, And so we come to um, our next segment, which is look towards the light. And that is your favorite character. So who's your favorite? So my favorite character, uh, it's a tie between Joel and Ellie. I like them both a whole bunch. I like the fact that they're paired together. Their chemistry is immediate. It's perfect. Like it's there and it's immediate. And um, for years, like I never knew what the game was about, but mm-hmm. I listened to several podcasts that the people that host those podcasts are fans of the game. Mm-hmm. And so they've been talking about for years, like I think at one point there was supposed to be a Last of Us movie and like was. all this shit. So they've been talking about Joel and Ellie for years and, you know, this great kind of pairing, this great chemistry, the whole like father daughter dynamic and how like emotionally captivating that is. Uh, and so I knew what to expect there, but even just seeing it on screen for the first time, I'm like, I get it. Like, I fully get it. I'm looking at Pedro and I'm like, protect your baby, Pedro. Baby <laughs> like, girl, do what you have to do protect, he's to protect, protect baby your baby. Girl. And the way, another thing that I loved about the way that she looked at him in that scene where he kills the smuggler soldier, dude, mm-hmm. she looked at him with those she reverent saw, eyes. It wasn't just him. that she liked the val- the violence. It wasn't just that she liked being protected because I'm sure that she needed that. But it was also a reverence that a daughter would have for a father. And so I'm I'm locked in. I'm fully locked in on the whole like Joel and Ellie thing. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm so fucking excited. You didn't even know. <laughs> so I can't I didn't pick them. So this is going to this is what I think is going to be really interesting. Because I think um, as you go, as this story goes forward, oftentimes your favorite and least favorite character are going to be the same person. Um, I can see that. Yeah. So obviously I wanted my favorites to be um, Joel and Ellie, but I didn't want to be that. You didn't want to be obvious. <laughs> I didn't want to be obvious. I What I wanted to do is I really like this version of Tess. I like she is cold. She is cunning. She's manipulative. And she has those things in the game as well. Uh-huh. Um, but it's 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 a little bit there's a like I said, there's like to her character here as well. There's a bit more of an edge. There's a sharpness. There's a dangerousness to her. Like like these characters, at least in the game, are a little bit closer to that edge than um Tess and Joel are in the, in the games or or maybe they're just I think maybe that these there's a slightly different approach to the character so they're bringing that to the f- forward a little bit more in the portrayal mm-hmm. um and I really I really like seeing it I also like that you see women here like she is fucked up like this is one of the things um I, I appreciate about the attention to detail. You see her, her hair is clearly dirty. Her hair is, um, like, she is not clean. Um, she's not wearing nothing form-fitting or anything. It's I think she might be wearing men's clothing um, to a certain extent. And, like, her hair is back and out of her face. Um, and she she gets her fucking face beat in. And it's not, like, neat, cute little, like, a little cut across her nose or whatever. She's got a bad black eye. And I just, I like, that's a thing I like about seeing, seeing her visualized. And so you see the woman here, like people are beat to shit. And one of the things I, one of the small touches I enjoyed 
is is that the soldiers are visibly a little bit cleaner, and so are the fireflies, visibly a little bit cleaner than the general population. Which makes sense. Yeah, which they have makes, the community to rely on. They have a community to rely on. Both of them are like the fireflies are stealing from the military, so they likely have better supplies than the general population. They can they're likely not working these jobs for ration cards, so they have they likely have the time to uh clean up a little bit. Um, and I, I just like that. So Oh, can I say something about um your your lady Tess? Tess so, Tess? That actress looks mm-hmm. a lot like Carrie Coon, but she's not Carrie Coon, and I think that's what my problem is. I think she'll look a lot. <laughs> I think she'll look a lot more like herself when the her eye swelling comes down. Maybe so, but even then, like I looked at pictures of her just on the internet, and her and Carrie Coon. I can really be do not think they. I do not think they look alike at all. They, they're like the same woman, and um. But I'm also I also have white woman facial blindness, so I get like don't they try have to ask color me color hair. Baby, I don't don't ask me like the difference between like Kristen Chenoweth, Renee Zellweger, and um the legally blonde lady, Reese Witherspoon. They're all the same woman to me. But anyway, but I do love Carrie Coon, and I I like the kind of Tess energy because she's giving me who Carrie Coon was in the series called The Leftovers, which was also another I HBO. I could not series. get into that. It was so fucking good. But she, you know, know. that energy of like this um this woman that's in charge. You know, you have the kind of central focus of the male character who is somehow a special, you know, the, the special guy, the guy that has the special sauce, the recipe, whatever. And I see very much like the the Kevin character and the Joel character as kind of being that figure almost, you know, and they're also kind of sacrificial figures, too. So they're kind of like almost messianic, like the special guy. But then you have this woman who is their like romantic partner who uh grounds them and centers them and is kind of calling some shots and is a little bit more realistic than them and so i'm, I'm kind of drawing parallels between those two hbo shows but i i just want her to show. be carrie coon for some reason so, i didn't i didn't watch that show so anyway so what are your so this is where i'm gonna have to let you take the lead what are your predictions i can comment on themes there's only and burning questions so there's only one prediction i have and that's it Oh, um, let me see if I had any predictions. Themes or burning questions. Don't ask me. I will not answer a, I will not answer any of your questions. Uh, unless yeah, right. unless it's not covered in the game and then I'll just yeah, right. talk, like you I did want, with the wife. I don't I, I desperately wanted to tell you, but I won't say a goddamn word. I know word. that you do. And I go through this with people all the time, which is I always tell people, do not spoil me. It's not the end of the world if you spoil me. Like I'm not a person that no. like gets mad about spoilers. But, and I always see shit through my own lens anyway. So like, you know, spoilers kind of don't mean anything to me. But um, I won't ask a question that'll lead to a spoiler, hopefully. Um, okay. But some themes that I like. I will, I will only explicitly answer questions if the answer is, is it is not covered in the game. I do not know the answer to that. Uh, okay. Um, so some themes that I liked. One thing that was really early on that I loved, which I don't know if it's going to be a theme that carries through the rest of the show, but it was definitely something that struck me was the opening little vignette they had of the 60s TV show. Mm-hmm. And it gave me like very Dick Cavett vibes, which is something that we don't do anymore. Like we don't have a sit down show where there's a host and then you bring on two experts and they talk about something with intelligence um, <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. 
So I liked seeing that. I like them laying out this concept of this fungal threat has been out there and known in the scientific community for decades before it actually happens. Um, Because I feel like that's very true to life. Like we've experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that where um, scientists (laughs) or scholars or like learned people will try to warn us of things that come, you know, later. And it's just that we never listen and prepare for them. Um, So I liked that. Another thing that I liked about that is you commented on how the audience in that scene seemed transfixed and like they were already kind of being taken over by something. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if that was like a commentary on uh, the effect that like TV and media has on people. You know what I mean? I think it was. Because like. To be honest. Yeah. And I thought that was just so fucking cool um, and very meta for a TV show itself to like call out uh, the influence of media on people and, and the impact that it has to like zombify people. So I don't know if they, if they're going to come back to that at any point during, you know, this piece of, of work, but I thought it was I really I don't cool. know. That was, that was that, that, I don't know. That was an added bit. So, um, to the show, what it actually really reminded me of is, um, did you ever watch Chernobyl? Yeah. So yeah, it's done by the same director as Chernobyl. It kind of reminded right, me a bit of, yeah, he's the best. Um, he reminds me a bit of Chernobyl. Like that, it was kind of like a callback, direct. I don't know. Maybe just because Chernobyl is old timey too. Um, but that there were definitely me. stylistic things that um, I picked up all throughout this episode that reminded me of, of Chernobyl, both in the writing and in the visuals at certain points. I just hope there's not as many dead dogs in this as there was in Chernobyl because that episode killed me. I died. I died. There probably will be. And that comes next time, Dollface. Uh, but yeah, in terms of predictions, um, I don't really know. Like, I don't know what to expect from here. I'm looking forward to finding out where the story with Joel and Ellie goes. I think that I would have to assume that Tess dies or gets separated from them at some point. Mm. Um, I'm also going to assume that Tommy comes back. There's a reunion at some point. Just because I feel like... From it's, what you're saying, that um, well, it's seen explicitly in the um, in the previews. In the yeah, that's where I was gonna go. Like we see him in the previews. I think they probably want to utilize that actor. Um, yeah, since, since I just want to tell him. you how good the uh, how good this show is based on what I've seen, even in just the previews. Uh-huh. I can place the scenes, like. I can like I can place the scenes like there's a it ends. So the video game you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I can. I can place. There's one or two shots that I cannot place in the game. Um, and that's it. And and the rest of it, every every single preview I've seen, I can place. That's cool. I know. I know exactly what is happening. Yeah. Okay. I have a just general question, not even about this show. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered this about people because my tendency is if I have something that I love that's in one format, I tend to not like it and I tend to not seek out the other formats that it's in. For example, I do not believe that any Toni Morrison book should be turned into film or television. It doesn't translate to me. And so I never watch Toni Morrison works that are turned into like TV or film. Interesting. So in watching this, what do you get out of it? So so this is special. I don't mind books to TV so much. Mm. Um, 
I think because it's just been done for so often. Like Harry Potter, I loved, though now it's makes me sad. I watch it because I love it. I love it. You like this is one of my favorite. I love video games. It is my favorite. It is my preferred form of media because you get to interact with it. You get to be intimate with it in a way you cannot be with anything maybe other than music. Um, and The Last of Us is perfect. Both parts one and two are perfect. Um, so even these minor changes that kind of bring it around you can have squabbles about maybe some issues with the gameplay um but it's perfect it is perfect it does one of my favorite things in the world and there's two things it does i'm going to mention one um because i don't want to tip my hat to the other um it tells a simple story well and that is something i have always appreciated like um i don't care it, it you know it's just a story of a bereft man bonding with a little girl. We you see that in a lot of other stuff. It's not uncommon. It's not it's not an uncommon story. Um it is done exceptionally well. The game itself is beautiful, the gameplay fluid. I don't remember how it, it was good um in the game. What it, what makes it remarkable? in the game is is that you don't play video games uh, so so there are things in games called escort missions right and usually you have to take another character and protect them all the way through these are hated sections of video games hated it's the entire game and so the fact that they took what was essentially an extended um escort mission and made it one of the most beloved video games of all time speaks to how good it is and how well the design the game was designed mm. if i had thought that they were not doing this well i would not watch it the people like the person that wrote the game neil Druckmann, is involved and he's involved in the writing of the show and he's and he's closely in um the guy that makes it craig craig mason yes yeah. yep did chernobyl and i love that show so like when he was actually i'm watching it because of the guy, the guy, they, the Craig Mason, 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 Mason. I don't know his last name. That guy. M-A-Z-I-N, Mason. M-A-Mason. I'm watching it for him, to be honest. Like, I. To see what he does with it. To see what he does with it. Okay. And to, because I saw Chernobyl and it was excellent. I, it was truly excellent. It was the reason I kept my HBO subscription after the end of Game of Thrones. Like, because Game of Thrones ended and they threw up Chernobyl and I was like, oh, so now like. Okay, I have to keep this uh, HBO. I will always um, have HBO just because I know they're going to put out something good. Yeah, they yeah. they're generally good. I but I was I was I was out. Listen, I I was in my I was in my feelings about the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. So I you was, were like <laughs> wagering like, like whether or not to punish HBO by turning yes. the shit off. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was I was yeah. Um, because I maintain it's not how the show ended; it's how they got there. I was, for the record, I was fine with Game of Thrones. Like, I loved all the. I love how it fell apart. I loved all the messiness. I I love didn't. I read the books, and they did such a good job, and they cast it so excellently. It was one of those things where it was like so heartbreaking to see something like it's 
it's a good adaptation and it kind of comes back to loop back to what we were discussing before of like what am i getting out of this and yeah. why am i watching it is which is why i don't watch adaptations because i have i do have a fear of being disappointed so i still have that with that said everything i've said i'd uh, seen so far in this one i like i am worried like i am i am worried like if something happens that i cannot that i cannot deal with i might stop watching this in the middle like i i I love it so much. With that said, I don't think that's going to happen, just given who they've gotten on board for this show. Yeah. Like, if it had not been this guy, the guy that did Chernobyl, and it, if it didn't have Neil Druckmann on, who wrote it, I would not, I don't know that I would have uh, been so enthusiastic about this. Um, okay. With that said, there is one prediction I want to um, discuss with you. Okay. So, I mentioned throughout the episode uh, in in the first 20 minutes what joel and sarah and tommy eat um i think as in so in the game when they were eating the eggs or no. pancakes they no. didn't make the they pan- never Sorry. eat pancakes right they never eat the biscuits uh-huh. and they don't get a cake what do all those things contain oh flour yeah yes and I, I read something th- about this theory. Online. Yeah. So that's that's what I think is I think that instead of it's it's like a it's like an ergot outbreak. I think that's what's happened. Um, I think that's why ergot is 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 um, or, or said by the epidemiologist in the in the opening sequence. Yeah. In the same breath as cordyceps because cordyceps is the actual fungus. Mm-hmm. And so I think it got into the flower. I think it got into the food supply. I think it got into the flower. Which would explain, like, kind of the nigh instantaneous outbreak and why it kind of happens all at once. If it got into the food supply, if especially it was like one large, like, I, it would, and it, why it's kind of staggered through other countries until it hits here. Um, and as, a ubiquitous food item, too, like flour, yeah. like wheat. Yeah. Yeah, like wheat. Well, you know what? All the gluten free people, hey guys, you wouldn't, we wouldn't get cordyceps. So, <laughs> yeah, man, but you still might get bit. Um, not if you're fast and you keep your head on a swivel. Uh, so that's anyway. actually something that I loved about Sarah was, yeah. um, remember she asked him, uh, how do we know that we're not already infected? So smart girl. And she had been watching, like she watched, you know, the walking dead and like <laughs> other zombie shows where, um, you're already infected. Like it was spores basically in the game. And there's sections of the game where you have to put on a, uh, a face mask like like a like an actual gas mask with filters and stuff and and you can traverse those areas i think it makes if it's flour or whatever it is i think the change is probably wise uh because it it makes sense as to why it spread so quickly but i suspect like food supply something got into the food yeah i think that's probably a good prediction that's my only prediction okay that and i'm gonna cry a lot I think this series is going to make me cry a whole lot. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed this first episode. I'm fully locked in. I'm invested. Locked in. I want them to get, you know, west where they're going, get her to the state house. I feel like she's not going to stay there. Obviously, she's going to stay on the road with Joel. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's get it. All right. I think that ends our episode. I'll talk to you all next week with my 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 continued shrieking yeah and uh being way too excited about this 
Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for uh, the first episode of The Last of Us. It's called When You're Lost in the Darkness. And um, we will continue with this series. We're both obviously very excited about it. And uh, join us next week when we get into episode two. So until next time, au revoir. Au revoir. Yep. I am your full slutty daddy. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and send your comments, theories, and just any general feelings you have about what we covered this week to tviuslifepod at gmail.com and we may cover it on an upcoming episode. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time, take care of your characters and each other.